0: Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Once Upon a Time in Some Guy's Parent's House. I'm your host Mike and with me are my good friends and co-presenters Rob and Jules. Between them we have a screenwriter and a director in progress. Thanks for joining me guys. Is, uh, Thank you. Which one of us is the one in progress? Let's let the audience work that way. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, today for this inaugural episode we're going to be discussing the film Tomb Raider which just came out. Uh, Directed by Roar Uthaug, a man who sounds like he belongs in a Game of Thrones episode. Mm -hmm. And uh, starring Alicia Vikander and Dominic West and uh, some of our favourites, Walton Goggins. Oh, of course. And as we know, Dominic West doesn't belong
1: in Baltimore, based on his performance in The Wire. But he's uh, he's good with an English accent. He can manage that. He can somehow manage that, (laughs) in parts.
2: I'm glad you actually uh, explain how you uh, pronounce Roar Uthaug, because I... Was having difficulty with it. Complete
0: guess, complete <laughs> guess. we all all write in and, uh, or well, send in some kind of audio recording, and we will uh, correct in the next episode. So, just to kick things off, Jules, yes, may I ask one thing you liked about this film and one thing you did not like about this film?
1: Oh God, let me let me consult my my cat notebook. And consult we'll,
2: away. Is that I'll a notebook away. made out of a cat? Or
1: <laughs> I'm going to hope for the for people listening they can visualise their own answer to that question.
2: <laughs>
0: Shut up.
1: Um, I find it really hard to think of something I actually liked in this film and of all the things that kind of were it's the best I can think of things that I thought were kind of okay and then Mm. everything else is things that I either thought were average at best or just Dull and
2: bad. I might give you one. I think there's one that you would, we would agree. I'll give it's you Orton one. It's Wolf and Goggins, I, probably Nick Frost in the porn show. Actually, you're right. <laughs> I think we might all be agree- in agreement on that. Possibly, but then uh, there's
1: bits in that that are just so idiotic. Like just, I mean, I, I speak. What what
0: what are do we doing with spoilers? Should we say that we're? Why don't we you know, just? spoil Tomb Raider for our audience <laughs> thank god there are certainly things I'd like to say which I think are spoilers I mean yeah, it's, it's quite issue. hard to spoil this film I think if you go in not knowing exactly what's
2: going to happen then mm. I'm literally you, about you just about landed me. on earth yesterday so this podcast so. is a bit like Frere Roche you'll have to explain <laughs> that one <laughs> you know the ambassador he says yeah. oh I see yes you're spoiling us uh, wow that there joke really worked yeah it did okay Clang. So, yeah. so spoilers no. yes. well I was Nick just going to say Nick going off the Nick Cross thing yeah is the,
1: well the the entire end of the whole film is this gag of her getting two handguns that are somehow easily seen from a shop window in London in the <laughs> yeah, middle of yeah, London. He has this, this military, military <laughs> hardware background. Yeah,
0: I, 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 that seemed incongruous to me as well. That from what we'd seen of this place before,
2: that he'd have this yeah this this massive arsenal at the back. But I don't know. I kind of wanted to see the film after that. Really, I just thought, and I was happy mm. that she said I'll take two. I was sort of whispering it to Jules. Just moments before I was like, just say it, just say it. See, I'm I'm quite ignorant of the
1: the, the Tomb Raider franchise. Is that like a,
2: a Well she always has, has a, she her well was... her main weapon is the double pistols that with infinite ammo. But is the idea that I'll i two, two is that a line that she was. No, it's not, but it's right. sort of it was a setup that was the payoff was clearly uh, yeah. obvious, I think. If yeah.
0: I think it is, yeah, it's one of those it's something the character's well known for a double double pistol. There's no oh, way okay. she's coming
2: out of that shot with one gun. Yes, okay, I see.
0: All right, so we've left right to the end of the film. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask Rob same same question. Sure. Something you liked about this film? Did you? Okay. Do, are you as negative as One Jules? Or?
2: Um, possibly not. Although I see where he's coming from. I think we're kind of. I think. Um, I really like the fox hunt scene. I don't want to go into that mm. um, in more detail later. And negative, I suppose I would just call it cliffhanger fatigue. I feel like every single mm. they were like. There was a moment where there were three set pieces in a row. So like, there was like a, w- a waterfall, like in kind of Temple of Doom thing. Then there was like the bomber that she has to kind of jump over, and then there was a parachute, uh, and it's kind sort of just too much. She's getting through. It. It's, everything's a close shave, whereby you uh, you sort of think she can get out of anything.
1: Well, she she's very much a passive hero throughout the whole thing. Right. Like she is running away from. She's not instigating action scenes. It's like there's that bit where she's. Uh... Well, they're in the jungle. It's the first time she gets away before it gets into that big action scene you're talking about, where she jumps into the up the ravine and gets mm. washed through. Before that, they're all the you know they're all the slaves and they're all being used. And then the the guy who the, the drunken sailor I can't remember his name was I it? I think Ren. Lou Ken. Lu Ken no, no, Phonetically, I've written yes. Lou
0: Ken. Um and very American Hong Kong sailor I thought. Yes. Um but yes carry on. But he. Um,
1: Rather than her thinking, "Oh, I'm going to escape," and then she finds a reason to escape, he creates an opportunity for her to escape, and then she just looks at him as if to say, "Oh, I better run now before they catch me." And there's no like decision making: should I, should I stay? And you know, she's he, he, right. saying, "No, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna save you and help out the tribe." And him saying, "No, go while you've got a chance." There's no active decision on her part; she's just running, and that to me is addictive. Like yes. all these action scenes where she's running, something falls apart. she she falls down oh no she's in pain but then something else happens so she's got to run away even further I I agree with you completely actually
0: I thought thought one of the weakest things one of the things Mm. I was really expecting to enjoy about this film was Alicia Vikander playing Lara Croft I, I really liked Alicia Vikander I think in Ex Machina she was absolutely fantastic And then I think she thoroughly deserved her Oscar for the Danish girl as well. I thought she was really the only really good thing about that film as well. Uh, but here I found it disappointing and I I think it's because her part actually is, has so little to it. Mm. And I think part of that is again, is that she has no, so little impetus. Mm. You know, she, as you say, she really just gets chased through this movie and sort of buffeted from side to side by either a force of nature or a man-made sort of, you know, scenario. And it's really not until right at the end that she, that she actually starts to just do anything as a character. Uh, and I, I, I thought that was disappointing it's not uh, the, the the character I really wanted to see
2: from this film and I didn't think it gave Alicia Vikander very much to do hmm. she was I very good do, in it right? I thought yeah. she was nuanced you know and in those origin- the opening sequences I kind of uh, well, that's the best. she did really she well she was the best in that I thought because that was the most she felt human yeah.
1: that, hum- that fit I mean I didn't like the first thing that much but it but it still was the most humanising part of her character because we actually had sort of Tracy given her and her acting showed a lot in that but it, again, and then it just falls apart as she starts, as you said, being buffeted from one. The b- thing buffeting, over. the
2: buffeting is similar to the video game, the Three Sixty One. I mean, I'm quite a fan of the original ones, and I did play the Three Sixty One, which I think you've told me before is a bit of a rip off of Uncharted. But Very I have right so. seen well, This isn't so is this... played Uncharted, but it's got yeah. similar elements in it. But <laughs> the film is obviously less interactive. So you've got these moments mm-hmm. where, and that game had that problem where you. Sort of felt like, oh, here's another impossible moment to get through, mm. and uh, and she is going to get through it. And um, is this the reboot one? Yeah, basically. This is
0: the 2013 game. Yeah, I right. understand that this this film is essentially
2: based on that game, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It also deals with her kind of survival elements more. She in the game she. Uh, has a problem with killing. She has the bow and arrow, which is in the film, but she yes. has it to survive, to kill deer, and so on. And then eventually, which is quite a speeded-up process, she sort of kills a guy, and she's like mourns for a few moments, and then and then you're on to assault weapons. But
0: uh, <laughs> so is there a, is there an almost a Metal Gear Solid snake eater sort of element to the game? There's a
2: little bit of stealth, if I remember rightly. Right. Uh, yeah, near the beginning, like when you're to... going around the 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 area in um, Yamatai, wherever it is, uh, where all the huts are and all the uh, Troops are, but you're kind of there. I suppose you're undercover for a bit, and so um, there is a little bit more active, as you say, she is more passive in this movie, if, if, if that's
1: possible. I'll just go on one random thing because you mentioned the Uncharted games. I only occurred to me late after I'd left this film and um, I was home and I was thinking about the story, and I realised it's an absolute rip of the story from the first Uncharted game. Right. The whole idea of, you, you know. Um, Uncovering an evil thing that you think is all supernatural, but then actually it is a zombie virus that caused people to go mental and attack you. It's like a one for one rip. I, I was uh, quite surprised at just how similar it is. I mean it's been a long time since I've
0: played that game, but well I mean the uh, film The film I felt was derivative in, in many regards. Oh yeah. I, I expected it to be. I mean, let's be honest, like number one influence, Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Um I mean for me the this film really only got going yeah. once they went into the tomb. And there should have been far more tomb raiding in this film. It's called Tomb Raider, and yet she doesn't raid a tomb until it's an hour and a half in. Easily. Mm. And then I thought, then I actually found that even though this was fine, it's borrowing very heavily from Indiana Jones, you know, floor tiles falling away and, mm-hmm. and get the right combination of colours for the stones And but I, I enjoyed it, I started enjoying the movie then, you've got your nice gaggle of henchmen that are going to die in, in entertaining ways and then I thought you actually had good interactions between the characters you finally had this sort of tension between Dominic West and Walton Goggins mm. and
2: Alicia Vikander the, the puzzle you mentioned, the colour puzzle I think, there may be another example, but I was thinking that there could have be been more puzzles where the audience could participate a bit more because you know Derek um, Jacoby kind of gives her the mm. Japanese puzzle and she sort of solves it almost instantly and and she only solves it because her dad had them littered around her house. And yeah, it's very convenient. Well, like a lot of them, it's very convenient
1: resolutions. Yeah, and to I don't know what you think about obstacles. the setup and payoff as a, you know. Um, oh god, this one was just there was a the way that it kept it in the hmm. VO as a setup and payoff for everything. The, the insane levels of um, we set this up, so now we're going to pay it off. Here's a voiceover showing you something you saw 30 seconds earlier, over sure. the picture of the person saying it's like this. Knew it was doing loads of
2: stuff. You and want pairs. to give the audience a clue, I think. Exactly, and then you better. give them the riddle, and then you go, ah, using the clue, maybe I can work it out myself. Yes, it makes the audience and that feel smarter. Didn't happen sometimes. It did with the just about with the colour puzzle. So one thing <clears throat> I liked about the film.
0: Uh, was the depiction of London at the beginning Mm. I think Mm. we see London in lots of films uh, but it's always uh, you know London Eye uh, Big Ben I really liked the depictions of East London um, uh, brick lane you know almost sort of uh, that she's Mm. sort of cycling through at the beginning of the movie Uh, I found that quite refreshing quite a nice way to introduce the fact that she's an English character you know I I, I really like that until the fox hunt scene, Ugh. which you know, then then I thought, no, this isn't the London that I live in. But mm. Rob, you liked the well, fox I scene.
2: liked it because it was it's something I hadn't seen before, uh, and it's quite exciting. And, and I, one of the things I liked about the film is, and I'll give I'll give Raw Ufale credit for this. I think is that it's one of its strengths is that it's shot in a quite clean. You can tell what's going on in an action scene. In every action scene, pretty much without fail, you can tell who's in it and who's doing what.
0: I don't know
1: if I agree 100% of the fil- that the film did that in all of its Well, scenes, yeah, there was
2: there are bits, I think, near towards bit, the end. Because there's
1: a scene um she gets attacked by a random henchman who stumbled across her, and they're rolling around in the uh, mud. And I remember thinking, this yes. is like, they're all covered in mud. It's dark, it's raining, yes. it's flashing, and it's very stylistic. The nighttime strobe mud wrestling and drowning scene. I'm, su- I'm sitting there and I'm thinking... I don't know who to root for in this scene because I can't tell the difference between these two characters as it quickly jumps between cuts
0: because they're just two black shaped people things in a flashing light. What are what what's mi- what would make this film better? I mean uh, right, so in terms of say say Indiana Jones, why why is this film not as good as Raiders
2: of the Lost Ark? Tone, for one, I think that it's mixed tone there are bits like for example in the porn shot where it's funny and then there are parts where as you're saying they're scrabbling around in the dark mm. you know trying to kill someone and then dealing with death uh, so that needs to be clearer maybe just a bit more just fun possibly
0: so, oh. like the uh, Angelina Jolie films then we haven't said <laughs> we haven't
2: spoken about them I,
0: I have seen both of those yes. original Tomb Raider films I don't know if uh, it's, if it's so have. long I couldn't speak about them with any sort of uh, Accuracy. But I was thinking, maybe yeah.
2: that is actually what I want from a Tomb Raider film and
0: not the, <laughs> the, is, the, it's, it's the film we stupid. got this time. Tomb Raider is a stupid yes. concept. concept. Because Raw U-
2: Ufalg uh, has it in him. Because I was looking at his discog- uh, sorry, filmography, rather, uh, and uh, I haven't seen uh, any of his stuff really, apart from I, I saw a, uh, a short film um, called A Fistful of Kebab. Oh yeah, and it's you know it's mostly it seems like a lot of his work is comedy horror. Or Tell us early. about a fistful well, kebab. Well, basically, uh, it's it's Norwegian. Um, that's it. No, um, this guy goes into a kebab shop and uh, he orders this kebab and it's like the spiciest kebab ever and it's, and uh, the locals are warning him That there was somebody uh, who once had it and then like there are his shoes over there you know uh, and he's now dead or whatever <laughs> and so uh, big, it's actually yeah. an action scene uh basically right, it's a big okay. comedy action scene um it's, it was side serving of horror like body horror because oh, right. he basically uh he eats the kebab and kind of spits it out uh like bullets from a gun but like the the mask you know that <laughs> yes. scene in the mask but yeah like condiments are like acid and and that sort of thing and it's oh, kind well, of, it's same. kind of a bit like Sam Raimi but um, That's okay. very, very yeah, it's very uh, realistic and so he I mean, I think mean, he co-directed that one, but um, it's interesting. He has that kind of comic sensibility in him. How
0: relevant do you think this franchise still is? I mean, is this is I mean, I, I I'm not really in the video game world so much anymore. And I mean, is is this a, is this yes. still a very successful video yeah, game franchise? Very.
1: Tomb Raider is one of the most successful. It's it's, it's been incredibly successful for Square Enix. I know they're trying
2: to kind of. Uh, Shape some sort of universe, probably. Really? Yeah, how I, how I had do no you t- think <laughs> follow this up?
0: I, I, yeah, what do you think the sequel to this film will look like? Because they're going, they, you know, they they, like in the, very be the last ang- couple of minutes, they they have this, you know, suddenly we've got a, a sassy, quite um, confident well, Lara hmm. with two big guns. So is this going to turn into the the, 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 I, the old I, Tomb Raider film? I think it'll be going back on what you were saying about
1: the, comparing it to the original Tomb Raider and what did right, or what did wrong, or at least with the Indiana Jones sort of comparisons. To me this feels like with the sequel it's going to go into the worst possible world because what the, this thing did right is it gave us a very humanised Lara Croft, um, at least we understood who she was as a person, whereas the problems with the original Tomb Raiders were they're all fun and they're silly, but Angelina Jolie sort of plays this extremely one-dimensional awesome action hero that we just, you, you can't as an audience member um, identify with. They're just like, they're like a god. It's, it's, it's like watching Superman on screen. Yes, you just think, it, they're indestructible. So you mm. don't, there's no there's no tension, there's mm. no, you don't care about their motivations or their the, the journey of the arc. But the film around them is fun. You're having a
2: silly fun time. One thing I did uh, see on Wikipedia briefly <laughs> is this. This line here. Producer Adrian Askeret told IGN in an interview that he may oversee a film universe with just Cause, Hitman, Tomb Raider, oh, X oh, and Thief. So he's going to somehow draw together all God. these different video games into so,
0: one. Two characters that right, most okay, people have heard of. Can we and just go? Can you that repeat that list? Nobody cares about. Repeat that list slowly. <clears throat> just
1: Cause. Okay, so basically James Bond. Okay. Crossed with Archer, Hitman. So, well, they've done a Hitman films and they did really well, didn't they? Uh, Tomb Raider. Which well, well, I think we've established
2: that. What's film? that? <laughs> D-X-X. DXX DXX DXX, D-X-X yeah. that so c- sort of futuristic w- basically f- yep.
0: cybery crime yeah. noir sort of thing mm. How um, do so they blame, match that with Tomb Raider? I don't know, and because Desert is set in a dystopian thief. future. Yes, it is. And thief. thief. So an art franchise that nobody remembers. I believe. Th- well, they're still releasing
1: lots of Thief oh, games. Oh, I see. But again, it's one of these things where it's the the fans buy them, but in terms of like mass sales, they're very small. And the last successful one, yeah, probably was about ten years ago. I mean, we'd have to we'd have to check. But again, citation needed. Hold, hold on, As you might say, can said that. Thief, from what I remember, is set in about like the. Sixteenth century, something mm. around yeah, that, that, that yes. time. Sixteenth century, it's late medieval. You can morph into a yes. mouse and things like that. Deus Ex, Deus Ex is like dystopian, future, futuristic, side far in the future, far. as well.
0: Like hundreds of years in the future, I believe. Yeah,
1: it's like twenty-one something. It's it's very it's very far advanced. too much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it is it like they're going through the generations? I don't.
0: I think they just went. They they just got a fire sale on on characters <laughs> that they might have been able to put into a into a video game. Wait, hold on. They only just can turned just down Jack and Daniel. Can Slay, I just look
1: at this list a second? Because I think I've realised something here. Yeah, Just Cause, Hitman, Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, and Thief are all owned by Square Enix. Well, oh. so, ah, yeah, yeah. so Hopefully, we'll get
0: uh, uh, a Kingdom Hearts mashup as well, and we'll get Goofy and uh, and the Final Fantasy characters uh, in a in a final set piece. Uh, yeah, but well, this is well, This is clearly the the idea that a cinematic universe is now oh required god. for Spiritics, every single film.
1: Spare enix cinematic universe, that's... <laughs> I Oh my god.
0: I think, wrapping up, can I ask you your final thoughts on Tomb Raider?
1: My major problem with this film, and this is like, this is a whole, what I think the whole the, the nugget of what the whole thing comes down to, is that it had, like, almost no conflict. It was all obstacles. Hmm. This is why I think it's so... It comes across as boring. I will just, I'll explain this for just... Uh, for anyone who isn't as remarkably as highly intelligent as me, oh <laughs> my god! No, what I mean to say is, uh, an obstacle is just something like you, you come. She, Lara Croft wants to do an action; she has motivation to do whatever she's she wants to find her father. So she's she's on the island. Something happens that gets in her way that stops her from doing it. She overcomes it. Well, hold
2: on, Einstein. Explain to that to
0: me again. <laughs> What's an island? Yeah, <laughs> it's this I think I, you know. I do understand. Yeah. I, and there's a conflict. Yes, yes,
1: it's like it's it's she is is having two. If she had two different wants if she had a reason for doing what she's doing but then a reason for not wanting to do it which I think they brought yeah. in in the tomb which in the they end. brought in the tomb exactly no, I mean, then, then we have say, conflict right this is why her this father doesn't want
0: it to be opened but Walton Goggs is going to kill her father exactly. if she doesn't so she's in a yes. quandary would you recommend the, this film uh, recommend our audience to see yes. this film Jules <laughs>
1: oh, oh that depends how much you really dislike just yourself just a no question no no Rob
0: I guess it's kind of rare, but just wait for the sequel maybe the sequel's better yeah. and it's a no for me as well Well, thank you all for joining us. This was the inaugural episode of Once Upon a Time in Some Guy's Parents House.
2: We'll be back in this guy's parents house for another episode soon.